1: Here,
0: here comes
2: Recorded
1: live. Good evening. Good
0: evening. Good evening, everyone. Give me just one moment. I'm helping my husband locate my keys. Oh, he found them. Okay. I need help. Goodbye. I love you. He's on his way to <laughs> uh, to do uh, Jacob Glass. So. Oh, uh, what a sweetheart. Everyone's working something. <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so bye uh, goodbye all right good to uh, connect with everyone always good to be on a um, call with practitioners and I've been uh, mm-hmm. so excited this week just about being a practitioner <laughs> I have just really loved that that, that's something I get to really stand in alignment with in my own life and how much, you know, how different my life looks because of that, but how w- enriched it's become because of it as well. And um, just sitting this morning, I, I woke up and I um, did my water blessing that um, I've taught you guys about in, in person. And I was just sitting in meditation and my dogs, both of my dogs came up and rested their head on me on different, coming from different angles. And I just, I remember before I would have felt like that was a distraction, but I just decided to be right there in that present moment and just bathe in the love. And so I just had this very heart-centered meditation this morning before I did my prayers and blessings. And uh, it was just such a beautiful experience, and I was thinking how um, if I didn't have this practice, if I I wouldn't have had that experience, and uh, it just felt so good. And then just throughout the day, I just think about God throughout the day. I think about God throughout the day. And when I do that, it's just like the golden key. It, it, it brings me back into my heart. No matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, when I think of God when I remind myself that there is divine order, that my thoughts are created, that I can create whatever container I'm interested in for my life. It feels so freeing, and I just allow myself to enjoy the experience of the day-to-day stuff. So I took a bath today, and in the bath I'm reading my friend's new book called Mothering the Divine. That's what it's called, Mothering the Divine. And it is so... Good. I've been buying extra copies to send to people, and uh, I'm just very much just loving, loving life, loving the experience of being a practitioner today. And uh, it's just with that appreciation that we begin class. So, uh, Amina, I'm going to open with a blessing, and then I'm going to hand it to you to do the grounding meditation. And, yeah, and then we'll take roll. So I'm going to invite everyone to adjust your position so you're sitting upright. And gently close your eyes. Just bring your attention to your heart space, the center of your chest, your heart chakra. Now let's just spend about 30 seconds observing that space.
2: Your eyes closed. Breathing into your heart chakra, your heart space. And our next breath is a breath of gratitude, so grateful and thankful for the opportunity to
0: connect with one another tonight, declaring that this is a sacred circle. We go forward willing to release anything that might prevent us from being fully present, in full alignment with our loving intention, our, the
2: highest vision of our life. as we remind ourselves the truth of who we are,
0: we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world, and our function as the light of the world is forgiveness. Forgiveness being the ability to see the innocence in whomever stands before us. To recognize that seed of wisdom potential, that seed of enlightenment, within ourselves, and share that awareness with whoever stands in front of us. So we dedicate this class tonight to any sentient being who is suffering, anyone who is feeling consumed by the circumstances of their life, anyone who is struggling, we dedicate this class to them and all the healing that is unfolding right here, right now. And it is unfolding right here, right now. We dedicate the merit of this practice to them, knowing that where they are, love is, where we are, love is,
2: and so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Evan Jesse. It's just staying in this,
3: Fairful state. We tune in and we see that beautiful white light. That beautiful white light, that brilliant light rotating clockwise in the center of our chest. And this ball is about the size of a tennis ball. And as it continues to rotate, we see that it is expanding. This beautiful white light is growing, filling our entire chest, and it flows up into our neck and fills our head. It flows down our shoulders, into our arms and hands and fingers, moving through the torso, filling our entire torso with light. This beautiful white light continues to flow down into our legs, filling all of our legs, going into our ankles, feet, and toes. until until our entire physical body is one in this brilliant white light. And we know this light is restorative and rejuvenating. It soaks into every cell, atom, and electron of our being, every muscle, bone, and organ, completely filled with this brilliant white light. And this light continues to expand Activating a sacred circle on this call and for all who will listen later throughout our entire community, this brilliant white light fills the room that we're in, fills the building we're in, fills the block that we're in, and continues to expand out throughout our entire neighborhood. White light, brilliant white light, and more white light, ever expanding, flowing throughout our city until it reaches the beach, peeps into the ocean, and instantaneously envelops the entire planet, uniting every living being in this beautiful, brilliant white light. Collectively, we see the planet surrounded and enfolded in this light, soaked and saturated. And appearances of war, poverty, suffering, dissolve and disappear. For when the light appears, the darkness must fade. And after a moment, we can see the planet, the galaxy, the universe. Everything we can comprehend and beyond is one in this beautiful, brilliant white light. This light of love. And we breathe in the light and we breathe out the light, knowing our divine perfection. We
2: continue to breathe in the light and we breathe out the light. And growing Thank from this you. meditation,
0: Let's, I'm going to take the baton loving, lovingly <laughs> and uh, improvising. But keeping that awareness of the light as we breathe in and out, develop an awareness of the light around the body to really feel a fluid motion with the light. As if you were on fire, but there was no pain involved, but you were consumed in a flame. And then develop just a slight awareness of a golden light in the center of your chest. Almost as if it were a
2: cloud.
0: And so the brilliant bright light is all around like a Amina Lettuce in that gorgeous meditation. We're aware that we're surrounded and soaked and saturated in this bright white flame, but we're also aware of a golden light in the center of our chest. And we're going to take one minute to simply breathe in the light and observe the golden light and allow our full attention to rest on this process. And if our mind wanders onto a to-do list or something that happened today or something you think is going to happen
2: tomorrow, So just gently remind ourselves to bring it back to the light, back to the light. Taking a deep breath in.
4: We
0: exhale completely into your lungs and let it out even more, completely into your lungs. And take a deep breath in and completely fill the lungs. And then when your lungs are at full capacity, hold your breath. Sip in a little more air and squeeze your root lock, which is your sex organs and your anus. Squeeze it tightly. Hold the breath.
2: Hold the breath and release and stretch up above your head you roll your neck out a little bit. I mean' I'd like to apologize for cutting you off there i uh
0: I wasn't sure if you were complete or not. I thought you were, so I thought you were waiting on my cue. So uh, I trust that. Oh, it. no problem. I was All just good. about
3: to say come back. So it was perfect. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so who can tell me why we do the same meditation at the beginning of every service and every class? who has an idea as to why we do the same meditation since we're
2: expanding the conversation about our thoughts or thinking at least? Um, so, hi, this is Francisco.
5: Um, hi. Hi. Um, I feel like the, the meditation itself is very grounding and and... and and people, if I everyone's doing the meditation, it helps to group everyone together.
0: Mm-hmm. That's just a big... Absolutely, yeah. A grounding meditation is very helpful to just center people in. And Francisco, why do you think we do the same meditation every time?
5: Um, because it taps into then the subconsciousness. It's, just kind of going off of what our readings were um, this week, it's kind of like a tapping into that layer of subconsciousness that um, that works when we are not even aware of it.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, you're you're definitely on the right path. Um, does anyone else have anything that, like because there's one more sort of step in that, and it's actually pretty um it's so simple that you probably don't even think about it but does anyone else have any guess at why it's the same meditation each time
6: i was going to say something like the repetition it's like anything else like when you practice something you get better and better at it and Mm -hmm. the other thing was that you know the previous one is sort of the gateway that brings you deeper into the next one. Like you, you go so far with the last one and then there's a remembrance of that space you got to and then you might be able to go even deeper still with the next round.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true for the, pra- as far as deepening the practice. It's definitely a perfect meditation for creating a space for you to go even deeper to uh, reveal new levels. But there's also something very simple about it. I'll give one more person the opportunity. Yeah.
6: Uh, I think it's because of being familiar with the same process over and over. You uh, automatically connect in and you're so conditioned to getting connected that that same meditation brings you to that place
0: quicker. Exactly. Yes. It's... um, it's Pavlovian. So I'm sure most of you have heard of Pavlov's dog, which he was a, a researcher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he, you know, he would feed the dog, his dog, and every time he'd feed the dog, he would ring a bell. And so the dog began to associate uh, the bell with being dead. And it got to the space to where he could ring the bell and the dog would start to salivate even if there wasn't food around because he associated the food, uh, the bell, with the food. And so if you've ever uh, been to more than one Marianne Williamson meditation, uh, lecture, she still does that same meditation that she's been doing for 30 years at the start of every single one of her lectures. It's that golden light meditation. And... Because it no matter what 's going on, you can be talking to your neighbor, but as soon as you start that she starts that golden night meditation, you know that it 's time to center in, and you, your body almost instantly relaxes, and your heart almost instantly opens to receive the teaching and so that 's why we do the same thing over and over again because it teaches people that now is time to center in and open up, and so automatically. Um, they begin to prepare themselves to receive the teaching. So, um, kind of interesting that, uh, I think that's really interesting, but that's why we always do that light, light meditation that uh, Amina does. And um, if you even, you know, attending Sundays, as soon as Amina sits in the chair, you know, you're, Instinctually, you begin to relax and open up.
6: Jessica, um, in my monastery class, when we want the children to shift and make a transition, we play the exact same song every time. And yep. they automatically put their things away and shift into the next activity we're doing. And we don't even have to tell them what to do. They just do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Principle. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 yep. So just a little interesting uh, tool that you could incorporate into your classes like um, Kathy, you know, maybe even consider uh, like a song or a sound or a gong or something that is played at the beginning of class and experiment with it you know, do like a three-month experiment and see if you notice any changes. Kind of be it would kind of be interesting, but
6: are you talking about with my yoga classes? What What are you referring yeah, to? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. you yoga classes.
6: I I often have a theme that's different from class to class, but I almost always use the same sort of guided centering, so that mm-hmm. they yeah, so it's predictable and it's it's. Yeah,
0: they can drop in a little quicker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's take a roll real quick, just so we uh, know who's all on the call. Uh, Bruce, are you here with us?
4: I am, I am.
0: Beautiful. Uh, hey, wow, you're really good at carrying your homework into class. Um, <laughs> Hector. I am. Hello, Okay. I know my mom is, I know Kathy is, I know Francisco is. Um, uh, Magali, are you on the call? Magali is not on the call, and I know that um, uh, Stephen is also not going to be on the call tonight because of work. So, Okay, cool. And Amina, Mobless is here. So we'd like to open up by just checking in. Uh, And let's just go around and everyone take 90 seconds, a 90-second check-in, to just let us know uh, how your week is going and where you're at, and um, so we can all just uh, help support you in releasing your week and being present here in class with with all of us. So um, why don't we begin with Bruce?
4: Okay. Well, I'm so happy to be back. Vacation was nice, but it's nice to be home. So I'm I'm really happy to be here. Um, I I guess, like, the quick thing I just wanted to say is I I caught a cold on the way home, on the the flight home. I was reading, like, the book uh, and about, like, the different things about clearing stuff out, and and I'm very skeptical about that sort of stuff. I'm really sort of of anti-magical thinking. Uh, But I... Was really sort of suffering, so I gave it a try, and my cold actually got better uh, to a pretty significant degree um, using the technique in the book. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs>
0: that's really cool. And you know, Bruce, I'd really like to say that I really bow to your willingness to. Uh, to shift your perception, your willingness to give it a go—that's um, not a trait that everybody has, and uh, it, I think that it's it's a sign of real intelligence, and that's a key ingredient to being able to uh, grow in your spiritual life and in all all areas of your life. So, well, thank you. So, thanks for thanks for being a, for demonstrating the power and willingness.
1: Yeah.
4: Thank
1: you. All right, Hector. Hey, I'm back. I'm very happy to be back here. Uh, it's, I think it's been a very interesting week. Uh, I think for those of you that know, I am leading a project that uh, is about integrating those two companies together that are really, really large and big, and that's supposed to be going live October 1st. So we are about six weeks before that happens. And all of these conflicts and problems and issues are starting to arise in a very, very meaningful way. And everybody's really stressed out. And of course, as the leader of the integration, uh, I'm a bit stressed out. But what is different from now, from before, is that I'm seeing the conflict and I'm seeing the issues and I know that I need to act on them and I'm doing that. Uh, But I can't say that I'm really stressed. I I just want the best for the organization and just making sure that I act with the right level of urgency. So just prayer for conflict to disappear will be helpful for me. Uh, That's all
0: beautiful we will definitely circle that around in our closing prayer sure you are a prayer you're a living prayer Hector so I know that you're the perfect person to be leading this integration because I trust that you're bringing a level of uh, stillness and tranquility that wouldn't be there if you weren't present so what a blessing Mm to be able to work with you work for you um Tina, why don't you check in?
6: Hi, Jesse. Um, I've had some like kind a of challenging week. They moved my mom into hospice care, and I've been sad, and then I don't know, a lot of emotional something. A lot of emotions have been coming to the surface with this, so been dealing with that. But not,
2: you know, it is what it is. is that is that your share yeah, <laughs> okay today it is
0: okay, well, we'll make sure to keep uh I call it grandma chris, but chris uh in our in our prayers, and uh your family, our family too,
6: yeah, a lot of stuff is coming out that's all,
0: yeah, well, good, it's good that you're letting things yeah. come out, you're conscious of it, beautiful. Uh
6: Hi, everybody. I had something interesting happen this morning that was really a great sort of insight revelation for me. Um, like, you know, last year with the course club that I participated in with you and all the other folks at Inspire, I hosted my own and still am this, this year with local folks and I am with a partner right now who is really pretty lukewarm at best with the course uh, she doesn't really seem to connect with it and um but she's still committed nonetheless and um you know 'cause she says she sees something in me that's working, and that's what's sort of inspiring her. but what I found um when I speak with her sometimes. I, uh, you know, she'll share with me what she thinks the course means, and I don't think she has an accurate uh, understanding of it, and so uh, being in the role of facilitator, I thought like, okay, I'll sort of share what I think it means and, you know, what what a course perspective is, and I kind of realized that I don't need to do that today, that the course, is um doesn't need defense and i don't need to defend it and i don't need to defend myself and i sort of felt like that was happening and i was making her wrong and trying to fix her and i don't know i was kind of excited about that because as a practitioner you know moving into this as a as a field as a profession as a way to make money help people etc i'm not here to fix anybody and um so it was kind of a cool revelation for me to see that. And Beautiful. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, Mama, that's the tough one. <laughs> that's the tough one. That's the that's the one. Uh, releasing the impulse to fix other people, to see them as. You know, and and also releasing your defenses. Isn't that great that you don't have to defend anything? Yeah, it would be yeah.
6: better if I remembered it all the time.
2: <laughs> well, you yeah. know,
0: Course of Miracles says that defensiveness is the first act of war. Um, and that really resonated with me because I would get so defensive. Uh, and so offended and feel so attacked all the time. So when I realized, oh, you know, in, in that feeling attacked, if I, if I believe I can be attacked, then there has to be something to attack, you know, to seem to attack. So yeah. when, I, when I got, wow, you know, defensiveness is, you know what's great? Um, there's, there's this really classic story of uh, Bill Setford. And for those of you who, don't know, Bill Sedford was uh, a co-scribe of A Course in Miracles. And when he was in A Course in Miracles study groups, so when he would be in A Course in Miracles study groups, so if two people started to debate and argue about what a section of the course means, do you know what he would do? He would go over and he would rip out that page and throw it away. And he says, you're missing the point. And I made to continue on. isn't that great (laughs) yeah 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 so anyhow beautiful share
2: thank you for sharing and uh Francisco oh hi guys uh
5: it's good to be back Uh, I've been spending the last couple weeks traveling and seeing family for my birthday um that brought up a whole bunch of different things. I saw a lot of people that I haven't seen, um, in decades and I became aware of the different levels of thinking, right. Um, we get so used to being surrounded by our peers who we spend our time with now that when we get around people from our past, um, it's very interesting to see where we came from and our perspectives of things and how they've changed. Uh, and so that made me really grateful for the work that we've been doing um, the last six months and constantly trying to be on top of ourselves and and shift our perspectives of things. Um, I really liked the, the reading um, this past week because it just gave a couple of different insights to the different tools and different technologies that people have been using um, over the last couple of centuries that kind of all get to the same point um, about clearing up the consciousness and being able to tap into it more regularly. So
2: yeah. Beautiful.
0: Really great. Um yeah, it's wonderful to see the trajectory, a clear trajectory of our journey, right? So to looking looking at our lineage and our ancestors and but also, just like loving them, loving them so much for um, you know giving us the gift of life, for uh, yeah, helping put us on the path, you know even if it wasn't um, you know in a way that we would have preferred that they put us on the path. So it's really great to um, visit visit our our family. It's always a lot of chocked full of opportunity for sure. Am I forgetting someone? Am I missing anyone?
2: Amina, would you like to check in? Sure. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I've had um, a really good
3: start of my week that, end of last week and the weekend was very illuminating for me. And I have to just admit that I was not in the place that I thought I was. I thought I was like doing the work and doing great. And I realized my thinking was really not, um, in the proper alignment. So I've made some adjustments and I feel good and I feel excited and I feel grateful. I feel so grateful for this work and I feel so grateful for, um, you Reverend Jesse and Reverend Roxy and everybody who's part of this community, because you all help me and doing this work with you is supporting me so deeply in um, remembering the truth and getting back in alignment and really, you know, living from the place that I want to live in. So, so uh, I'm very grateful.
0: Very cool. Yes. Yes. We, um, I, uh, you know, it's my intention to bring in guest teachers when I can um, that can that I that really have supported me that can support you all as well and, um, we're going to meet next week we're meeting on Saturday in person and we're going to start exploring the four spiritual laws of prosperity by doing Gaines. we're actually going to do a four spiritual laws of prosperity workshop together uh, and then uh, the, fall, the next Saturday is going to be, uh, we have a guest teacher, Rev. Candice G. will be guest teaching, um, and uh, so she'll be, uh, and that's an all-practitioner call, the fourth Saturday, um, and she's going to be talking about, uh, because we have our 1st over the last class that we have, an all-practitioner class with our first-year practitioners because they're graduating September 24th. September 24th, and so she's going to be speaking to, you know, what it means to be a practitioner and and just in life, you know, what it means to be a practitioner, not just in spiritual community, but on the street and at work and because I know a lot of people don't have aspirations to teach or coach and stuff like that, but just to deepen their own practice, but that doesn't mean you're not a practitioner. And so she's going to really go into some of that and open up for some questions. And I, I really feel that uh, Candice is a, such a powerful presence and speaker and teacher um, that it's going to be a real awesome experience. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to being on the call with her. All right, everyone. So without further ado, let us hop into our discussion about Uh, the Joseph Murphy material, Power of Use of Conscious Mind. And uh, we covered the chapter on practical techniques and mental healing. And really what it is, I think, is this is a chapter full of different prayer methods, prayer techniques. So I'd like to hear from you all, about what method you resonated with the most, and that the one that really stood out to you, uh, and one that you'll possibly incorporate into your own practice. So let's just start up at the top again, and um, let's start with Bruce. Bruce, what uh, which one of these techniques did you really resonate with, or one that stood out to you? or maybe one that you've been already practicing.
4: Um, yeah, the one that uh, I like, I mean, I, I like all of them, and, and, and they just, honestly, they didn't seem so terribly different because they were all sort of, I, I don't know, they all seemed pretty similar. But the sleeping one about, um, you know, I, I guess I I first learned about it called uh, you know, Bedtime Intentions, Um but to say, I think it's sort of essentially the same thing, which is, you know, before going to bed and getting in that sort of that zone where the I don't know whether it's the alpha waves, the theta waves, something, some sort of waves are going on, and end up being in sort of like that vulnerable state and sort of putting out what it is that I want. Um, I like that. That one I I've had good success with that. Just sort of and then waking up in the morning and having some sort of an insight or, um, you know, feeling like, like something shifted.
0: Yeah. So if you were, I mean, to expand just sort of the, the, the scope here, it's not just for sleeping. When else can you apply this method?
2: Uh, What tool?
4: I think the 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 point of this one is that you're supposed to be in that sort of drowsy, vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I
0: was I I was thinking meditation.
4: Oh, sure, 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 sure.
0: Yeah, like it's, it's it's um you know when we relax when we relax the body and we set the intention to just clear the mind, you know, or you know, bringing the intention into our dream state. This is actually a very creative state. This is um, what people, I'm reading about the divine feminine right now, but this is sort of the um, the receptive state, which is sort of harnessing that feminine energy, the creative feminine. Um, you know, Venerable Dohani would teach it as the feminine energy, Energy is the wisdom, the creative wisdom, and the masculine are the tools that we use to bring it forth. So uh, when we are restful, when we quiet the mind, and the, the most natural time is when we're going to sleep, we're very open. The subconscious mind is very open to suggestion. So, um, it, yeah, the sleeping technique can also be used in meditation as well. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, it's almost, uh, in a way, I would say that it's almost uh, part of your contemplation practice because contemplation is often, you know, a big part of your spiritual practice. But contemplation can be done while quieting the mind and, um, you know, looking at nature or just closing your eyes. And just contemplation can be as simple as, you know, thinking prosperity, 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 and seeing what arises when you focus on prosperity, and just seeing what comes up without judgment, and it's just observing, contemplating the true nature of prosperity, or whatever it is that you're working in at that time. So, Um, Yeah, really great. It's so helpful to plant those seeds of intention before bedtime. That's why doing ceremony before bed is often really, I think it's really potent, really helpful, because you're mindfully creating the space uh, before you enter the dream state. Um, Any other thoughts, Bruce?
4: No, that was, that's, yeah, I, I like your expansion, you know, um, On that, I I guess the only other thing is that it it be like as specific as possible. When Mm -hmm. I ask general, I get general, and you know, I usually Mm -hmm. am after specific. So that'd be the only. Cool.
1: Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Um, Cool. And uh, Mr. uh, Mr. Hector Castrión.
2: What technique did you resonate with, or did some something stand out to you? And maybe you're on mute, Sector? Oh, I was on mute. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: <clears throat> so what I was saying is, I really, really enjoy all of them. I think that right now in the Point uh, where I am in my life, I find myself using a lot of the affirmative method and the Q method, and I think that one of the most uh, powerful things that I gained from the course in the module before uh, through science of minds was how to pray, and that was very 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 good for me. So I'm practicing those uh, two methods combined, which are very similar to one another, Uh, and what I did is I recorded, um, I wrote a prayer for myself, and I recorded it, and I listened to it all, like, at least two or three times a day when I wake up, when I'm going to work, um, and before I go to bed, and I really, really like it. I love it. So, those are the two that I really... uh, that I'm really practicing right now. Beautiful. It was
0: interesting. I was looking at the affirmative method, and I was, going, and I was thinking, as I keep like, going to say, affirmative method. And I affirmed that, and look what was created. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, beautiful, Hector. Really great. Yeah, I mean, the affirmative method, it is, it's, it's very much like the declarative aspect of our uh, affirmative prayer. It's the D. Beautiful. It's also um well I'll leave it at that. Beautiful share. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um mom, what did
2: you what did you find?
6: Um, Jesse, I didn't read the assignment, but I do have a practice that I do I'll share as what I do at night every night and I in a morning practice as well. And what I do is i um i'll calm myself down with my breath and get very quiet and I'll ask my higher holy self to travel to someone that I'm thinking about or that's in my thought or in my heart or whatever, or even maybe someone that's deceased or whatever that I feel I want to connect with and ask him to deliver love to them for me. I said, you know take this journey and bring back whatever message you have for me. And I like release my higher holy self to do that. And before sleep every night, I listen to some sort of a- affirmative teaching either through Louise Hay or Emmett Fox or someone along those lines, I'll listen to it as I fall asleep. And that's the last thing I hear is affirmative words and positive words, and I take them into my sleep state with me. And that's what I do. And I do the same thing as waking up. I um, sit, The first thing I do is I say three things I'm thankful for before I even move out of bed and thank God for that. And then I go on into, once again, an aff- affirmative meditation and listening time and while I'm dressing, I'll listen to positive affirmations. I write down anyone that resonates with me while I'm dressing, and and I read them before I go to bed at night and when I wake up in the morning. Like the assignment you gave us, I, I do that anyway. So that's my practice.
0: Yeah, so it's very much in alignment with many of these techniques. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the sleeping techniques, the affirmative technique, even the passing over technique in which we, uh, you know, um, give subconscious sort of uh, orders to do the work for us. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. beautiful. Thanks for sharing.
6: You're welcome.
0: Kathy, what technique resonated with you?
6: Um. I, I like so many of them, and, you know, um, they've, we've already kind of talked about a bunch of them. I, I sort of have an interesting story, two stories, that have to do with, I guess we'd call it the decree method, where, you know, you, you focus on that thing and you fortify it with your belief, you, you put your faith into it, and... This is several years ago. I was sitting, I closed my eyes, and I just imagined that I was laying like someone was handing me hundred dollar bills, hundred dollar bills, and I was counting silently in my mind, like one hundred, two hundred, three hundred. And so it was kind of a blend of like the positive affirmation and all these sort of put together. Um and and I was getting up to like two thousand and three thousand and then the very next day, my younger brother and I talked. He was out of state, and he's a frequent flyer, and he knew that Jim and I were trying to get to Europe, and he donated his airline miles to us, which covered, you know, like $5,000 worth of airfare for both of us. So the airfare was completely free. <laughs> and and then, you know, and, and then, like, you forget about it. Like, I thought about that when I was watching the Secret, the movie, you know, years ago. And then more recently I've been, you know, I sort of resurrected that, but with actual $100 bills because Brad is moving out of the house and the flag on Friday to live up there. And he wanted me to be the keeper of his money so he wouldn't waste it or spend it It's his rent money. So I've been doing the $100 bill meditation with the actual hundreds versus when it was just I was holding it in my mind. And I've gotten a variety of different yoga gigs and or personal clients that are a hundred dollars or more each. And it was it's stunningly crazy how it works when you do it. And so it's like I but yet I don't do it every day, which is kind of comical. So um, but I, I'm like reading the rewards of it with these many, many gigs that have seemingly come out of thin air, but they really came out of my subconscious mind, I guess.
0: But You really hit on something, and uh, it, it's something for us all to consider because it's something I see all the time, which is people will have hit sort of a bottom or have, uh, you know, finally have had it with a situation or circumstance. And they'll start to incorporate practices into their life to support uh, a change, a radical change um, like this. And then they'll see change and then they stop doing the work and they sort of wonder why things, they kind of plateau. And this work is, you know, it's an evolution. It continues to evolve. So we, we, we get to continue to, deepen our practice and um see where we can take it and your practice will evolve. It's always evolved. And um but I'm so glad that you mentioned that, Kathy, because uh it, it it is funny to me. And I and I catch my own self doing it sometimes too, that like uh like the other day I, I caught myself like stressing out over something and then I was in a car and I and I stopped myself and I said, Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Reverend Jesse is that really what you're going to be declaring to the universe? And it was about an AC unit for the, for the, um, for the center. And I said, you know what universe, you know that we could use a new air conditioning unit at the center. You know how to get it to me and you know how to do it within a budget that, uh, works for us easily. And, uh, I'm declaring that it is done, and I am uh, looking forward to seeing how it's delivered. And within two days, I get the, the message: "Hey, could you guys use an AC unit? I have one that's really great, but I don't have a use for it. I'll just donate it to you guys." <laughs> and I thought, well, there you go. If ever I uh, uh, if ever I doubt, I can I can remind myself and. You know, this isn't magical thinking. It isn't. And I'm glad you said that, Bruce. Um, This isn't magical thinking. This is spiritual law. This is cause and effect. This is harnessing the creative power of the mind because it's the reality that we live in. And so spiritual law is spiritual law. What we think, our thoughts are creative. And so when we are able to release the belief systems, a.k.a. the blocks as the Course in Miracles would call them, the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, as we release those belief systems and the thoughts that keep us in a state of upset um, and align ourselves with love, then we see a change that feels peaceful and harmonious. So that's what all of this, this, this module specifically is directed towards getting crystal clear as to how we can work with our mind, our thinking, even more. And we get to learn techniques of inquiry so that when we are going back into victim consciousness, meaning we're blaming other people for our upset, we can shift it. We can shift it that's what the Byron Katie work really is, as we saw in the videos this week. you know um we get to stop projecting our own belief systems onto other people and also stop giving away our power so beautiful work, beautiful, beautiful work, kathy always you're always such a great I just love um how clearly you teach and what um not just like in your words but the demonstrations that unfold in your life and your willingness to share them. It's so helpful. So thank you. And Francisco, what technique did you resonate with in the reading this week?
5: Um, I resonated with a couple of them. Um, The first one was the visualization technique. That was kind of how it was introduced um, to the whole New Age thought movement uh, was by a teacher of mine like 10 years ago who would practice visualization with me and find um, different ways to try to create the world around me. Um, and then the mental movie method stuck out because um, in, when I was first learning Kabbalah, they talked about, like, what's your movie? And it was very much a, like a perspective um, from a higher consciousness a look as to what's going on in your life and how you wanted to direct it and how the, the events would unfold um, and to then at nighttime before you go to bed to visualize the next week, the next month, the next year, and, and see the events unfold. Um, and then the last one was the affirmative method. Um, there is certainly power in certainty in believing something to be true. Um, doing These retreats, we're doing our sixth retreat, and when we first started doing them, I had no idea really what we were doing, but it all fell into place as far as someone told me I should do it, then a place showed up, and a teacher showed up, and and the entire time, even though I had no idea what I was doing because it was my first one, I just had a sense of certainty that everything would work out, that the people that I needed would show up, that those who did to attend would show up, um, and that all the pieces would fall into place. Um, and it did, and, and that's something that I try to do all the time when I have doubt is or uncertainty about something is to really inject um, a positive affirmation to what is going on.
2: Beautiful, yes,
0: yes. You know, there's a, uh, a technique by a prosperity teacher. His name is Neville, and he says, start at the result. You know, start at the end. So what is it that you, what's the vision? What's the um, perfect ending? And allow that to be your guiding force. So visualize that, stay with that, act as if it is unfolding now, and allow that to pull you towards it. Now, we know enough to understand that we go towards it without attachment because and that's where we cross the bridge from the second stage of um, consciousness to the third that's through me because we know that oftentimes we're being guided towards something so that we can be truly helpful in a certain situation or bring something to a certain experience that only we can bring. And it's not necessarily about the thing manifesting in form. But right now, we're not at that phase of the conversation yet. This module is all about the second stage of consciousness of law about learning to use our mind to create the experience that we're interested in having in life. And um, the visualization technique, that's one that I, I resonate with that so much. I use visualization in my, in my practice all the time. Uh, I think that when we come together and visualize world peace, you know, uh, we, When we visualize it, we begin to resonate with it emotionally. It lifts our feeling vibration, and so it tunes us into the frequency of that possibility. And then we really begin to create, uh, you know, a tra- I, some would say attract, others would say project. Um, I think there's a lot of um, negative connotations attached to the word project, but when we get deeper into A Course in Miracles, we can have that conversation, but you know the power of our mind, and to, to learn that we do have control over our thoughts. We do, we do have control over it. It, it can be, we can train ourselves. You know, it's mind training to um, to focus on that which serves us. Powerful work that we're doing. That's why I find this work that, um, the the. Uh, Joseph Murphy works to be so powerful, so powerful. So your homework assignment using this sort of work, uh, it's, it's along the lines of the affirmative method. You're going to write a paragraph-long affirmative prayer for yourself, a paragraph-long affirmative prayer for yourself. And this is what you are declaring and creating for your life. And so really think about what it is you're interested in experiencing. Even if it's a specific goal in the material world, it doesn't all have to be about, you know, um, uh, your spiritual life and your evolution, though. We know that everything is about your spiritual life and evolution, but if there's a specific vision that you are excited by, if there's a specific goal that's turning you on right now, or it could just be about a, a state of beingness that you are aspiring uh, to embody and express. Um, you're going to write an affirmative prayer, declaring that it is unfolding now, declaring that it is done declaring that you are open to receive this now. You are on the path now. And I'd just like to see what you come up with. So do you have any questions about that assignment, creating a, an affirmative, a specific affirmative prayer for, um, really it could be anything, but it could it be as specific as a specific goal or it could be
2: as general as a state of being. Okay. And when you're writing it, uh,
0: you know, look at some of these techniques and see which ones you're 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 sort of uh using um in your in the prayers and uh use it as a guide too and see what you come up with.
2: So, we're actually going to skip over a couple uh chapter.
0: We're actually Hold on.
2: Where are you, chapter? Okay. We're going to read um, the... uh, Not the wealth of stuff. The tendency... I don't even know
0: that. Yeah, we'll do it. The tendency of the subconscious mind is lifeward. That's the very next chapter. Look at that to, was assigned
3: for this week. Oh,
0: it wasn't. Oh, that week was that week. was this week. Yeah. That was this
3: week. But three. we
0: didn't get to it Yeah. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Then never mind. My bad. we will review that in... Well, because we're going to be reviewing that when we talk about the force, which will also be 30. Okay. So then... Um, Where is the happiness? Your subconscious
3: mind and your happiness?
0: Yes.
2: It
3: uh, starts on page
2: 99. There we go. In our version.
0: Your subconscious mind and your happiness. Yes. Okay, so we're going to read uh, that chapter,
2: Subconscious Mind and Your Happiness. And we're going to read the next
0: one as well. Uh, So that that too. Your subconscious mind and harmonious human relations. So your subconscious mind and your happiness and your subconscious mind and harmonious human relations. I'll be uh, reading that we can uh, discuss in our in-person workshop. And uh, Amina will send out an email with that information for you as well. So any last-minute thoughts or questions or anything you'd like to contribute to
2: um, the conversation that we um, are wrapping up? Let's go around the circle and everybody share one thing,
0: one thing that you are really grateful for today. So we'll start with Bruce.
4: Um, I'm grateful for feeling better.
0: Yes, I am grateful for your radiant health as well, Bruce. Um, And uh, Hector.
1: Uh, I'm very thankful for having a, a very positive outlook about life.
0: Yes, I am grateful for your expansive awareness as well. Absolutely. I'm knowing that for you. I'm grateful. Mom, what are you grateful for?
6: I'm grateful for my new co-teacher that is so um, uplifting and positive, and I love being in the same room with her all day.
0: Yes, I am so grateful for your harmonious relationships, too. How wonderful that your life is full of harmonious and loving relationships. Mm -hmm. Kathy?
6: I am grateful for uh, specific tools in the toolbox that can help shift me when I think a thought that isn't true and I start believing I don't have enough time or energy or money or whatever.
0: Yes, I love how the ease in which divine wisdom pours through you. You are definitely a channel of divine wisdom. And Francisco...
2: Hi there.
5: I would also like to just hold a space of gratitude uh, for this group and for the prayer service that we have on Sunday. They are really moments to recharge and reconnect. And any sort of like self-limiting thoughts that I do have, um, I am reminded that I have the ability to offer them up to release them from me. So thank you.
0: Yes, spiritual community to be Supported, connected, and lifted up. And Amina, yeah,
3: mine is definitely uh, similar to Francisco's I'm feeling. Very grateful for you, Rev, and for the community that you have created. Uh, these this, these relationships are so dear to me, and I'm really grateful.
0: Yes, I am grateful that the divine has so many beautiful channels in which it expresses itself perfectly. Hallelujah. And I am grateful for family and I'm grateful for the sacredness of this human experience and how wonderful it is. All the gifts that come with it. And we'll take five minutes. So it's seven thirty it's seven thirty
2: eight on the dot. I'll see you back here at seven forty two. Okay, we are back. So we are
0: going to dive into the Byron Katie work. And before we do, the teacher in me loves to review. So Byron Katie has invented a very simple process of inquiry. And it's based around four questions. So let's talk about those four questions. Uh, What is the first question? The circle is open. You can just shout it out.
1: Is it true? Is it true? Correct.
0: Yes. Is
1: it true?
2: Beautiful. And what's the second question? Anyone? Is it how,
6: how to turn it around, how to turn it about?
2: Nope. It's okay. just Can you question. possibly
0: know that it's true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? Okay. And then the third question is?
2: So, will you be without that thought?
0: Uh, I think that's the fourth question. Oh.
6: Then how you turn it about? No, no. no. So, the
0: third yeah. question Is
6: how do you react when you believe that that's true?
0: Yes, how do you feel? What does it make you feel? When you believe that thought, how does it feel? And then the last question is what Hector said. Who would you be without that thought? And then we go into the turnaround. So an example of a turnaround would be Jim is making me feel bad about myself. So, a turnaround to Jim is making me feel bad about myself would be Jim is not making me feel bad about myself. That's the most basic turnaround. It's just the opposite. So, the turnaround from Jim is making me feel bad about myself is Jim is not making me feel bad about myself. And then after you do a turnaround, you find three uh, pieces of edit, evidence to prove that true. So Jim is not making me feel bad about myself because he's not doing anything on purpose to make me feel bad about myself. He's he Actually, he brought me Starbucks last week. So that's another reason why Jim is not making me feel bad about myself. And, you know, he... Um, he actually uh, checks in with me every day. So three ways that Jim is not training, uh, is not tr- making me feel bad about myself. So what's another turnaround? I am making me feel bad about myself. Okay. So what are three examples of how I am making me feel bad about myself? Well, every time Jim doesn't compliment me, I take it personally, and I think that he's ignoring me. Um, I uh, put all this time and energy into getting ready and looking good so that I can get, receive the attention from someone who's not um, giving me attention the way that I want it to be. And I am criticizing myself every time I gain a pound. There are three ways that I am making me feel bad about myself. And now I'm starting to see, oh, you mean... Jim's really not doing anything except being Jim. And I'm believing that Jim should be different. I want Jim to be different. So through this simple process of inquiry, we begin to see how we project our own beliefs onto other people. The great example which you all picked up on this week was the mother who was afraid that her son was weird. And most of you caught on, she's probably afraid that she's weird. And she's projecting that onto her kid, who's just being him. But what's interesting, and this is how this happens, is she's planting the seeds into her son's mind that there's something wrong. And that's how so many of us have developed the story that we have about ourselves, is it was our parents' own or beliefs that they projected onto us that created our identity about ourselves. And so next module is all about forgiveness. And so we begin the process of even uncovering, un, unweaving that. So it's pretty pretty good stuff. And I think the and Katie work, we, we, we continue a little of the and Katie work next module. I think we're going to do that again, but... Uh, there's another element that I'd like to put into it. So. so why don't we have a little fun tonight. And we're going to take out the Judge Your Neighbor worksheet. So everyone's going to take out the Judge Your Neighbor worksheet. And you're going to fill out number one and number two on the Judge Your Neighbor worksheet. Which is number one and number two. Now, where is here's the, the judge your neighbor worksheet?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I gave them to you, they were in that packet that I gave to you with the Byron Katie booklet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, if, if you, you don't, don't have that, <laughs> go ahead, Nina. Sorry, if,
3: if you don't have that, you can go to thework.com and um,
0: get the judge your neighbor worksheet there.
1: Okay. Thank you. Uh
0: huh. I think even in the little booklet they have a uh, they have one sort of filled out, don't they? So you can kind of just fill in the blanks, but I would go to the workshop because it'll be less confusing. Um. Yeah. Page mm-hmm. twenty four. Yeah. There you go. So here's the invitation, guys. Is to uh, put, be really uh transparent with this with this work. And like she says, even if you are 99% healed, that 1% has, will, will ruin your life. <laughs> so this is the opportunity to really put stuff, uh, to put, you know, pen to paper, to put your thoughts on paper. And it's really, really healing to just be authentic and say, I'm mad at Jim because he is ruining my life, you know. I am I'm disappointed in my son because he you know, he turned out to be a drug addict, you know, whatever it might be. Have, give yourself permission to not be so spiritual about it, um, and I'm going to give you three to five minutes to fill out the paper, the, the worksheet, three to five minutes, number one, number two, and then... Together, uh, we'll go over some of these, and Amina, you're allowed to play as well. We'll see how many of these we can get through tonight, just so you can start to experience a little bit of the work at play. So it's 7.51. We'll come back at 7.55. And I invite you to have an honest and
2: thorough number one and number two filled out on the Judge over Worksheet. I'm at it. Okay, 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 okay. So I'm actually going to have Amina go
0: first. And I will coach Amina uh, through the process so you can hear it first. And then we'll open it up and um, we'll let somebody else go who would like to go. So... Amina, did you fill out your judge your neighbor worksheet?
3: I was still doing it, Jesse. Having a <laughs> challenge.
0: Um, is it a, is it about me?
3: Yeah, I, I didn't want you to know, but I didn't think <laughs> you were going to call me
0: first. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I uh, you don't have to go first. I can. Uh, I'll uh, I'll pick on <laughs> Kathy first instead. So, Kathy, <laughs> why don't you? go first did you complete number one and number two
6: I did yeah um,
0: beautiful so, so Kathy why yes. don't you read number one as written
6: okay I am disappointed with Jim because he makes large financial decisions without me that affect both of us
1: is that true go right in.
6: oh is that true um no okay I mean I kind of I kind of I kind of worked it out a little bit already in my head but initially I thought it was yes.
0: <laughs> so it's not true.
6: No, it's not true.
0: How do you feel and how do you show up when you believe that thought is true?
6: Um I get angry. I feel um like I don't matter and that he um that he He um, doesn't value me, um, doesn't care about
2: me. Mm
0: -hmm. And who would you be without that thought?
6: I'd be free and happy and energetic, more loving.
0: Yeah, yeah. Could you repeat those words again a little more slowly and uh, really feel into it? So who would you be
2: without that thought?
6: Yeah, I would be peaceful, mm-hmm. at ease,
2: mm-hmm.
6: fearless, mm-hmm. and more loving towards myself yeah. and towards him.
0: Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So let's do a turnaround with that. Um, what is a turnaround that we could use? So. Do me a favor and one more time, read it as it's written, and then it's time to turn it around.
6: So number one, go back to number one.
0: Uh-huh. yes ma'am.
6: I I am disappointed with Jim because he makes large financial decisions without me that affect both of us. So okay. if I were to turn it around with the, the not, it's he does not make large financial decisions without me that affect both of us.
0: Okay, great. So let's find three examples of how that's true. Um, Well,
6: there's plenty of times when he does consult me.
0: Um, And can you think of a specific one?
6: Yeah, like when we're buying a car, when we bought my most recent car, we did that together. He didn't do it without me or behind my back. Mm
4: -hmm.
6: And um, when he decided he wanted to go visit his friend in Washington State, he talked to me about it first before he bought the airline ticket.
4: And
6: um, he... um, this should be easier <laughs> to come up with the third one. Um, what, what I'm feeling right now is how aware I am that he. These times when he does, though, buy things without me. <laughs> that's, I'm thinking of those more than the other ones. Um,
0: okay, uh, well that's really that's really great. So there's plenty of times that he, confers with you and consults with you before making. Financial decisions. Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's replace his name with your name. So reread it using your name. I am disappointed
6: with myself, Kathy, because I make large financial decisions without um, without him that affect both of us.
0: Okay. Now, can you find three examples of how that might
2: be true? Um. Well, I I I buy all the groceries, and I
6: don't like ask them like, do you you know what do you want me to spend on this purchase today? Just you know, I um I just I really sort of have no limit or budget. It's just oh I I want kiwis, I want bananas. Let's get that steak; it's on sale. I I make my own. I'm autonomous when it comes to that. I don't include him. And it affects both of us.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So, is there more? Is there other incidences
0: or experiences in which you made large purchases or financial commitments without... I mean, not consulting with him could also be not taking his opinion into consideration...
6: Um, yeah, I'm pretty good about, about, telling him because I, I, this has been like a thing I've been hurt with a lot over 27 years of marriage that
2: mm-hmm.
6: I usually tell him and he lets me do it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, I don't think I have a lot that I buy without him. I mean, I buy clothes. That's I buy clothes without him, without his mm-hmm. permission. I'll go shopping and I'll, I'll buy clothes or I'll buy yoga packages, I guess, without asking him.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's
6: kind of kind of assumed like I can do it because he doesn't subject. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, the purpose of this is not to try to fool ourselves into believing something uh, that we don't, that, that isn't really happening. So there, there's something there about him um, making decisions without consulting you. And what does that bring up for you? What are the feelings? So going back to, let's go to number two. Why don't you read number two out loud?
6: I want Jim to talk with me before he takes action when it affects both of us.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: What what comes up to me is, for me when is it, is fear like like fear and lack that there won't be enough. Like
2: mm-hmm.
6: I do I do sense that I I I buy whatever the hell I want, but when it comes to him, I want him to ask me. Um, particularly if it's more sizable. Like, we just repaired Brad's car for $1,200, but he was going to be getting a new car, so we didn't talk about repairing it at all. And I, the next thing I know, he's the mechanics at the house fixing it for cash. And
0: mm-hmm.
6: I, got, I got butthurt about that because it reminded me of the time he bought a Bronco without asking me. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the times he throws things out without that belong to me without him even asking me if I want it still or need it, or
0: mm-hmm. and how does it make you feel?
6: It makes me feel uh, violated, and it makes me feel um like I can't count on him to respect my my feelings, my opinions, my possessions. Mhm. Mhm. I I feel I feel like I'm on um, shaky ground. Like I just like he's not safe for me in that way. That's how I feel.
4: Mhm.
0: So let's go back to that top one. And what was the original feeling tone that you put in? So read the first one as it's written. I
6: put I am disappointed with him because. But I've had some time, like this repair, the $1,200 repair thing that I was initially thinking about, mm-hmm. that, already, that was like at least five days ago already. So I've had some time to sort of chill, but I was more mad when I first found out. I was more mad. mad. I was angry. Those, that would have been the word I would have chosen then. Mm-hmm. But now it's diffused some a little bit. So now I was just disappointed that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he made this large financial decision without me. And I feel like it affects both
0: of us. So what I'm sensing is that you feel violated. You feel... um, Betrayed. There's a betrayal and a powerlessness in that, you know. Uh, There's a sense of victimization in that, of of feeling invisible and... um, like he doesn't consider your feelings and your perspective in his decision making process and how does that make you feel?
2: Uh how does it make me feel? Um uh, I guess, you know, I mean the words the words you use, yeah, I guess they're more descriptive and not
6: so much the feeling. The feel, I mean but, but I the mean Betrayed, I guess, makes me feel hurt, and invisible makes me feel unworthy, and um, uh, I guess I never the word victim, I, victimization that you shared that wasn't really one I was really so much thinking of, but that um, makes me feel helpless.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But those are just words that I put out there. What, out of those feeling tones, what do you resonate with Uh,
6: or recognize? I feel feel hurt. I feel hurt that I feel, um, I guess, not good enough that he doesn't Mm want to talk to me about it.
0: Mm -hmm. There, There it is. So what if we rewrote that first line, and we say, "I feel hurt." Go ahead and do this, Kathy. I feel hurt.
2: That so change. Dance. I
6: I am and just say I feel
0: instead. Of, I feel hurt. Or yeah, I mean that's just my
2: language. So write it as she would have it there. I am hurt. that Jim how would you finish that that Jim doesn't value
6: me or my
4: well okay
0: I think we could I think we could put it right pause right there I get I'm hurt that Jim doesn't value me okay
6: Yep, I'm hurt that Jim doesn't value me.
0: Because I feel as though that is what's underneath a lot of the layer, like, like the surface issue is not consulting with me with financial things. What feels mm-hmm. under it is I'm hurt that Jim doesn't value me. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't value me enough to consult with me, to partner with me, especially in decisions that affects us, the family. Right. So, So now we have something, uh, I think, that's a little more closer to the bone. So now let's do the, the process, the work with the revised statement. Okay. So read it, read the revised statement.
6: I feel hurt with Jim because he doesn't value me.
0: Is that true? No. How do you feel or react when you believe that that's true?
6: I feel awful, Um, unloved, unrespected, Mm -hmm. uncared for, uncherished.
0: And who would you be? How would you show up without that thought?
6: I'd be lighthearted and carefree and joyful and vibrant, free, alive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do a turnaround with that, and let's let's substitute Jim's name for your name, and reread okay. it with your name.
6: Okay. I feel hurt with myself, Kathy, when bec- because I don't value me.
0: So, how, what are three examples? times that you don't value yourself or ways that you don't value yourself. Maybe even in your relationship with your husband. Um
2: I I, I will engage in self
6: sabotaging actions, you know, oh not prioritize my time in a way that I get enough rest, or that I give myself the appropriate amount of time to complete a task with the care and attention I'd like to give it. I forget, procrastinate mm-hmm. um, i make I make excuses for why I don't follow through
2: on things that I declare are important to me. mhm. Mm-hmm. What about in context to Jim? How are ways
0: that you don't value yourself in your marriage? Um,
6: value myself or value him
0: in the marriage? Value yourself. How are you not valuing yourself? So how are ways that you, in, in essence, how, what are some ways, how are ways that you give away your power in your relationship?
6: Well, I let him, I I let myself be upset when he buys things without consulting me. I give away my peace of mind. I get, I allow myself to move into fear that we don't have enough Mm -hmm. or, or I'll, I'll come at him with like more attack. Like, you know, I can't believe you did that or, you know, I,
4: I, I, you
6: know, I can't believe you he bought you. He'd spend that much money without even telling me. I'd, I'd blame him. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why he, do you think? Why, why did Jim spend the money on the car?
6: Well, what he said was that he was concerned about Brad, you know, driving up and down, the, you know, the mountain to Flag, and wanted him to have a safe car while he's living away from home.
2: Yeah. Mhm. And so your feelings of there not being enough
0: were triggered. Yeah. Because of because of the money spent. And right. his his stance is that he's um doing what he knows to do to make sure that his his uh son is taken care of.
6: Yeah, he feels the bulk of the responsibility as the dad and the head of household like that he needs, you know, that, that he has the authority to make these decisions cuz he's protecting
2: our son. Mhm. Yeah. So, as we continue
0: to do this inquiry work, guys, we're starting to see, now, Kathy is a practitioner. She's done a lot of this work, a lot of this inquiry work, so she's very clear. And so, she's very quick to uncover, like, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's my, uh, that that lack of belief system that's been active in my life being triggered by the money spent, my husband is doing what he thinks is best for our son. I'm just seeing money spent. That money spent is also, we peel away the things and there's layers of, but he's not consulting with me. He's not valuing me. He's not um, seeing me. And so the word, which is interesting, that really comes up to me a lot, just as the counselor, as the practitioner in this situation, is the word value. You know, there's a lot of value. The value is, you know, um, uh, associated with money, but value is also associated with self-worth. And so uh, there seems to be some thematic things that as a counselor, I'm starting to tune into. Uh, I'm starting to hear, and I share that process with you all because that is what you will begin to be doing. And some of you that are coaches and stuff like that are already doing with your clients. So, but in this, And if we had more time to work on this specifically and had more time to go into deeper inquiry with Kathy and Kathy's beautiful job, thank you for sharing so authentically and being so transparent with us uh, because it's so helpful when we do that. Even though she has such awareness already in the process that where I would guide this to is to support the client in um, developing an awareness around uh, this belief that um, there's there's not enough, and a belief that because her husband is taking care of their son the best he knows how, that is somehow is him devaluing her. And you know this is just the first step in the in in the process of of uh, developing the inquiry dialogue, but you can see how much stuff is hidden underneath, I'm disappointed with Jim because he doesn't discuss financial decisions with me. So we were able to sort of dig into that and cover a lot of stuff with that. And I think that uh, Kathy was able to, I mean, I think she had the understanding, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Kathy, but it seemed to me that she had enough awareness to get that, well, he's doing his best, he's doing what he thinks is best for his family and as the head of the household he felt as though he had the right to make that decision maybe he wasn't thinking to it wasn't he wasn't a thought to consult with me that doesn't mean he doesn't value me it just he wasn't that just wasn't in his thought process but i don't have to make that mean he doesn't value me yeah what go ahead kathy well
6: yeah i agree that's true there's definitely another way i could see it what i thought was interesting is the link you made between the word "value" and how it can have that dual meaning of value associated with money and prosperity, and then the value having to do with me and my self worth—that really kind of was interesting for me that I had made that connection, and you know, that was that was very cool. Thank you for that.
0: Well, we know from the Ernest Holmes work and we're starting to understand with the power of the subconscious mind work that a belief system in, uh, I mean the experience of lack or the feelings of lack often have the roots in a belief system of unworthiness. And so, uh, a sensitivity to that, uh, there's no surprise that there's a sensitivity to that. So in self value, people that often work through feelings of not of, of unworthiness, oftentimes have challenges financially. It manifests as that. Um, I'm sure Bruce could say that as a, as a career coach uh, or a life coach and stuff like that. He sees a lot of people, you know, not asking a livable rate for themselves for services that they deserve to be paid a lot of money for because they don't believe they're worthy of asking that price. And so there's lots of layers there, but you're going, we're starting to see how that all sort of intertwines and how through the process of the Byron Katie work, we can uncover so much stuff that's underneath the surface. And one suggestion, Kathy, that I would also ask you to, you know, contemplate is, and I don't know the answer to this, but it's just something that I would ask anyone that I'm working with in this is to, you know, ask yourself, are you, is your husband clear? Is it crystal clear? Have you communicated that it works better for you when he consults with you before making these decisions? You know, and how is there, go ahead.
6: I was just yeah, he's crystal clear. This this has been an an ongoing issue in our marriage. Like I said, we bought a Bronco and we just drummed up a lot of stuff for me back then and mm-hmm. you know, just that idea of him throwing things away when he was cleaning a room that weren't his possessions, he threw them mm-hmm. away. Yeah, that he, he knows I just want him to ask. It's you know, I just want that decency and that respect for him to ask me. Um, well, doesn't
0: you know, Byron, in her larger book, she told this wonderful story, and I love this story so much. She talks about how she, her, one of her things was socks being left out in the house, and how she would tell her kids and her family, time after time, pick up your socks, don't leave them out, you know, and yet... It just seemed like they just didn't listen to her, and she just saw socks around the house all the time, and it drove her nuts. And then she finally realized they don't have a problem with socks on the floor. She does. She gets so much joy to have a clean house, a sockless house, you know, that she decided, what if I just accepted that they don't have a problem with socks being left on the floor, and... I prefer there to be no socks on the floor, so what if I just started to put away the socks and She said what began to happen is they saw how happy she was with the socks being not on the floor that they just started putting away their socks that but she had to get over the belief that they needed to pick up the socks, and when she and, and it's that it's where, that's where I say the one-minded thing. You know, when, when you have an expectation, you feel like there's an expectation to behave a certain way, all we want to do is rebel against that. And so, But when they see how much joy it brought their mother to have the socks put away, they just started putting it in a way. And so I share that because you, know, you gave at least three examples of things, that you, of spending that you do uh, that you don't consult with them, that you just assume are given. And so if you're interested in having clear communication over spending, then I would suggest, you know, if it brings you joy to have clear communication with, with money and budgeting and spending, then develop that communication. Be the one that shares. Share with them every dollar that you spend. Do it happily, you know. Know that that makes you feel better that you're communicating over money, and you know you can hold the space that he can, um, you know you can demonstrate the benefits of communicating in that way, and you can accept that he may never communicate that way. So to think that he shouldn't, to think that he shouldn't uh, keep things from you like that. That's what's creating a lot of upset in your life because he is. The fact is that he is not consulting with you with everything. And so if you can accept that, my husband will not consult with me over certain financial decisions. And yet it brings me joy to have clear communication over finances that I will set the tone by sharing all of my financial um, decisions with him and hold the space that he can do the same but not expect him to do the same because. He hasn't demonstrated that that's something that he's interested in, but you can at least demonstrate how much freedom and how how good it feels for you to share and communicate in that way.
6: Yeah. Now that that is super super helpful because I mean I I do make these assumptions that I can just do what I want with the money buying maybe you know a hundred dollars worth of yoga packages here or buying. Close at REI that I use for work. or I, Yeah, I can see my part in it that, you know, like the projection part of it that it's my issue. I'm putting on him where initially I never saw that and, uh, and I like what you're saying that I can be way more transparent and be more respectful to him by calling and saying, hey, I'm at REI. I'd like to get these things. Is that cool with you? and then in hopes that that will then shift because the one mind and, yeah.
0: Well, not yeah. even, I, I would say maybe not even in the hopes that it would shift. Do it because it feels good for you. Right. You know, do it because, yeah, do it, be, and because and, it's with that gentle acceptance of he may he may carry that habit to the grave with him. And he may not think there's anything wrong with it. In fact, he may be seeing you spending $100 on yoga packages and $100 on yoga clothes and stuff like that and translate that into, oh, no, like we make decisions and we spend things and it's fine. We both do it, you know. And maybe that's where, and so he doesn't understand when there's a reaction. Who knows? So if you create uh, an experience that you're interested in, possibly he'll be enrolled in it he'll at least see how much joy it brings you and you can work with the belief that you think he should communicate in a different way. And Jim communicating the way that Jim communicates is the way that Jim communicates. And what Kathy makes of that, that's your business. That's what you're in control of.
6: Yeah. Gosh, I have a lot more clarity around that like i do now see the victimization of it whereas before i really didn't Mm -hmm. yeah Mm thank you thank you thank
0: you so let's open up the group for thoughts on that process any questions or insights
2: or anything you'd like to contribute I just want to say thank you, Kathy and Reverend Jesse. I thought that was really powerful
3: and really clear, and something that can apply to a lot of people's situations in a you know different way. So, thank you.
1: Yeah, that was very courageous, Kathy. Thank you. Can I ask you a question, if you don't mind? Kathy uh, or me? Kathy.
6: Yeah, no, I'd love it if you asked
2: a question. Yeah, sure. Go ahead.
1: Do you trust James to make
2: sound and responsible decisions?
6: Uh, I don't feel like I can give a yes-no answer. I feel like I could only give a sometimes answer. So my answer, I guess, is no.
0: Okay.
6: You know what? That's actually a very helpful question. Thank you for that.
0: Well, can you share why that's a helpful
1: question?
6: Because it reveals to me a deeper belief that wasn't ever really articulated, and I'm operating from that belief.
0: And what's that belief?
6: Uh, that I, I I don't I don't trust him.
1: Yeah, wow. Hector, that, that was. Go ahead. Go ahead.
6: Well, I was just going to say, but if all of this is like. Uh, you know, projection then I don't trust myself.
2: Well,
1: if all of this is a projection then then yes, Jim would be the proof in your life that you're not trusting yourself. Yes.
6: Say it again, Hester. Say it again, what?
1: Yeah, you're right. If it is a projection then you put Jim in your life to validate that you're not trusting yourself.
6: Oh,
1: okay. But, okay, but got the
4: it.
1: The, yeah. The reason why I asked the question is if you had told me that, yep, I trust him to make responsible decisions, then I would say, well, then the fear clearly is a self worth issue or fear that is about you. But if you're telling me that you don't trust him, to make sound and valid decisions, then the problem is a little bit more complex than that, right? So um, that's what I was asking the question. It's such a good question, Hector. As soon as you said it,
0: I go, "Oh, good question." Yeah,
6: it, it was a real, it was a really good question, and you've given me a lot to think about. And I'm really, I'm really grateful for that because I even feel like it points to the my inability to trust God but that's what it's pointing to as well.
1: Exactly, because if you fully trust him, then he shouldn't really have to ask you, right?
6: Right, exactly. Well, and if I didn't believe in lack, you know, that there's limited resources and, you know, if we put that money forth on the one thing, then it, it's going to prevent us from having the money in the other areas that needed, like the mortgage or the, utilities or the groceries or insurance or whatever. So there's really a lot there, like what Jesse is saying, is that, you know, once you sort of open the door, it's like, you know, you can really dig and find a lot of big ghosts and skeletons
0: in the closet. Right. And, you know, to that point as well, just in relating to people, and remember, we always find evidence to prove our beliefs Right, so if there is an underlining, and I love, Hector, that you brought that up, that there's an underlining belief that Jim is untrustworthy, then you have to find the proof that that's true. You have to find, find the proof that it's true. Yeah, find find, yeah, you have to find the proof that it's true that he's untrustworthy.
6: Well,
4: yeah. Or, or, I got another one for you. If... If it's really about lack, right—that you don't trust that there's enough abundance in the universe—then you use Jim to prove that lack.
6: Yeah, that is that Bruce. Yeah, Bruce who said that. Yeah, that that also resonates with me as well. Um, yeah. But you just, yeah, you my I know we're at time, so I don't want to disrespect anybody's time, but whoa, this just really, there's there's a lot of layers to this and it points back to something very, very early on in our relationship when I met him that has a trust issue. So it's like, whoa, I didn't realize how deep this really goes. Like, I think that's what I have to dig up is go to the roots and dig up the root of this kind of weeded thought in the beautiful
0: garden, you know? Well, and then, you know, you get to have a completely different relationship with Jim, because now he's helping you.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Bruce, can you say what you said again before? I wanted to write that down. So you were asking
4: about... Well, I was sort of reframing or, or positing that the the trust isn't trust with Jim. It's, it's the trust that there's enough in the universe, or... Or that there's per- perhaps a belief that there's lack, that there there won't be enough, or there'll never be enough. Uh, and and the the evidence you use Jim as a, as an extension of yourself, you project it onto Jim. You know, Jim is spending yes. all the money. There isn't. A, there, there won't be enough to pay the bills or to do.
6: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: Well, even when he comes home with like a bottle of wine or something, I'll I'll feel an uneasiness because I don't drink wine, and it, to me it's like a waste of money. Like, well, oh gosh, that's a hundred dollars a week we're spending on wine or whatever, you know. And I feel that uneasiness, but yeah, I do think. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you.
0: Beautiful guys, really beautiful.
2: And just
0: a reminder as we go forward, uh, because we're going to start doing, opening up the group for group coaching or, yeah, coaching, counseling. Um, you know, you're going to have opportunities to, um, you know, we'll have one person sharing their worksheet and another person will be uh, going through the process of inquiry with them. So you can really get it in your bones and support people. But, you know, we'll always open the group up for, Feedback and thoughts and stuff like that. It's really important that when we um, share other perspectives, that we um, we are mindful that we don't use the word but and uh, or that we use the word and because the word and it's a very small adjustment but it makes a really big difference because and expands the conversation it expands perspective. And it doesn't uh, suggest that one perspective is wrong. Uh, it just is another perspective. So that way it keeps the floodgates of the one-mindedness open and it keeps the circle open for um, participation. So beautiful work, everyone. Truly. Kathy, again, thank you for sharing and um, uh we always end at the perfect time. Um, I know that we have a few prayer requests. Uh, can you remind me of what they were? I know one is for uh, my grandmother and her loved ones. And, Hector, I believe there was a prayer request
2: yes, from New
1: release the appearance of conflicts and issues and problems. That's right.
0: Beautiful. Cool. Anyone else?
6: Uh, Jesse, I wanted to ask Hector. I thought he put a prayer request for either his brother or brother-in-law that was burned, his eyes were burned?
1: That's right, yes. Thank you. Yeah,
6: I was wondering how that was, how, you know, I was concerned with with
1: that. It, it, It has improved significantly, so he's going every three days to the doctor, and the doctor is really impressed with the recovery. Uh so things are progressing really really m- better. Okay. Thank you everybody for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. Any other prayer requests? All right. So we take a deep breath in. Uh breath of joy
0: that we get to work with each other and learn from each other and allow the, the divine wisdom of God to work through us, through our ideas and our perspective. How grateful I am to be in the company of geniuses. Geniuses that are sharing so much with the world, shining so much light, so grateful and so thankful. We place on the altar right now any appearance of conflict that arises at Hector's work. Any appearance of conflict or dissatisfaction or upset, we just place any and all of that on the altar. We also place the appearance of upset or worry or um, tragedy around the state of my grandmother, Chris, on the altar. We just offer that up so that we can... Stand in the light of truth, remembering the truth that God is all there is, that love is all there is. And in love is luminosity, vibrancy, perfect harmony, expansion and creativity, ways and ways of abundance and beauty. So I'm knowing this for Bruce this evening, that where he is, beauty is. Beauty is expressing. Perfect health is expressing. Expressing itself as Bruce. That harmony is expressing itself and perspective and wisdom is expressing itself as Hector. That perfect love and compassion is expressing itself as Kathy. That wisdom and generosity is expressing itself as Tina. That Ooh, expansiveness and creativity is expressed in San Francisco. That the Divine Mother is expressing itself through Amina. That we all are carry qualities, attributes, and aspects of God, and it is shining brightly through us now. We're contributing this light, this love into the collective, sending waves and waves of light out through the interwebs, like good medicine. To anyone who feels alone or afraid or separated, knowing that where they are, God is, where we are, love is, and we are grateful to know this is true, and we declare it to be so as we continue and go into the rest of our evening in our dream states with hearts and minds open in perfect congruency in a state of gratitude and ease. And so it is.
4: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. amen. Well, it was a joy to be in class with you all. Uh, And I look so forward to connecting with you in person, either this Sunday or next Saturday. And I love, love, love you. Peace and blessings. Peace
6: and blessings. Good night,
2: everyone.